Welcome to the Derek Prince Ministries podcast, helping you to grow stronger in God. For more than six decades, best-selling author and Bible teacher Derek Prince has been a source of inspiration for millions of believers around the world. You too can benefit from his compelling biblical insights. And now, Derek Prince. I explained how important it is that we do not underestimate ourselves. The devil is very happy when we do this. On the other hand, God wants us to understand how important we have become as God's redeemed people and how central we are to the outworking of his purposes in the earth. Each one of our seven pictures of God's people is taken from Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. The first three pictures that we looked at last week were, number one, the assembly, the governmental body, number two, the body, the agent of God's actions, and number three, the workmanship, God's creative masterpiece. Today we're going to look at the fourth picture, the family. Now in this list of seven pictures, the fourth is of course central. And I believe that this is appropriate. I believe that in a certain sense, the family is central to all of our understanding of God's people. In the New Testament, Christians are very seldom actually referred to by the title Christians or even believers. The commonest title used is brothers. And that emphasizes, of course, membership of one family. The emphasis of the New Testament is on that. Let's see now what Paul says in Ephesians 2, 18 through 19. For through him, Jesus, we both, that's Jews and Gentiles in the context, have access to the Father by one Spirit. Notice that all three persons of the Godhead are found together in that one verse. Through him, Jesus, the Son, we have access to the Father by the Spirit. The Son, the Father, the Spirit. And the next verse explains a great important result. Consequently, that's because we have access to the Father. You are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. The word household would be best represented in contemporary English by family. We're members of God's family. Now the key to this is our relationship to the Father. Because Christ has gained for us access to the Father, therefore we have become members of God's family. See, God's family is determined by relationship to the Father. In New Testament Greek, there's a very close similarity between the words father and family. The word for father is pater. The word for family is patria, directly derived from the word for father. This is brought out by a prayer of Paul in the next chapter of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, where he says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, that's the heavenly Father, God the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. You see, there's a direct play on the words, Father, Pater, Family, Patria. So it's from God the Father that his whole family, Patria, in heaven and on earth, derives its name. Family comes from fatherhood. What determines a family 
is the Father. And because we have God as our Father, we are members of his family. This is further brought out by the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10, 11, and 12. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, that's God the Father, in bringing many sons to glory, the many sons are the believers, to perfect the author of their salvation, that's the Lord Jesus, through sufferings. Let me read that again so you get the meaning. For it was fitting for God the Father, for whom are all things and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons, many believers to glory, to perfect the author of their salvation, Jesus, through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies, that's Jesus, and those who are sanctified, that's the believers, are all from one Father. We have the same Father as Jesus. For which reason he, Jesus, is not ashamed to call them brethren. And then it quotes from the Old Testament, saying, I will proclaim thy name to my brethren in the midst of the congregation I will sing thy praise. That's a very beautiful revelation. Because God, through Jesus, has made us his sons, and because Jesus himself is the Son of God, the Father, the only begotten, therefore Jesus acknowledges us as his brothers. Why? Because of our relationship to the Father. You see, Jesus never took the initiative from the Father. He never did anything without the Father leading the way. So Jesus did not call us brothers, until the Father called us sons. But once his Father called us sons, then he acknowledged us as his brothers. What then would you say are the main features of this particular revelation? I would say two. First of all, the primary feature, the decisive feature, is a shared life source. The Father is the life source of every family, uh, heavenly or earthly. And when we have one life source, when we all share the same life source, we are members of the same family. We all share the same life. It's not a matter of a denomination or a label or an organization or an institution. None of those things will accomplish it. A family is not a denomination. It's not a label. It's not an organization. In the normal sense, it's not an institution. But a family is a family because it has a shared life source. Secondly, out of that, we have certain vital, basic relationships in two directions, vertical and horizontal. The vertical relationship is the relationship that each of us has to God as Father. The horizontal relationship is the relationship we all have to one another as brothers, as members of the same family. Now, the vertical is primary. It's our relationship to God the Father that gives us the horizontal relationship to one another as brothers. But nevertheless, the horizontal inevitably goes with the vertical. We cannot claim to be God's sons if we do not acknowledge his other sons as our brothers. These two relationships, the vertical and the horizontal, within the family of God, are beautifully exemplified by the pattern prayer which Jesus gave his disciples and told them that was how they ought to pray, the prayer that we usually call the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6, 9, this is what Jesus says to his disciples. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Two very important words right at the beginning. 
and in the Greek, for reasons that it's difficult to explain if you don't know Greek, the order is the other way around. It's father, our. So the first word is father. And that's the decisive word. Jesus says, remember, through me you've become children of God. Always approach him as your father. Don't come to him just as God, because he's everybody's God. But he's your father as well as your God. And secondly, the word our, our father. Not my father, but our father. What does that mean? God, I come to you as father, and in doing so I acknowledge you have many other children. I'm not your only child, and all those other children are my brothers and sisters. It rules out selfishness and self-centeredness. See how much there is in those two simple introductory words to the Lord's Prayer, Our Father. What are the practical results of this approach to God as our Father? <clears throat> well, first of all, we know we have acceptance. We're not aliens, we're not strangers, we're part of the family. We don't come as beggars, we come as children. Secondly, we must accept our fellow believers. Just as Jesus accepted us because God called us his sons, we have to accept our fellow believers for the same reason, because God calls them also his sons. Somebody said once, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. God has made that choice for us. We have to accept one another. All right, each time I'm giving a twofold application. First of all, what is the essential feature of the picture? Secondly, what is required of us, particularly in this picture? Well, I think I've said already quite clearly that the essential feature of this picture is a shared life source. God, our Father in heaven, is the life source of his whole family, and we all share a common life. That's what binds us together, not denomination or doctrine or label, but a shared life source. What's required of us, I think I've explained that too, let me say it once more, it's mutual acceptance. We have to accept one another as brothers and sisters because God has accepted us. Thank you for listening. For more inspiring teaching, visit our website at dpmuk.org forward slash podcast. And like our page at facebook.com forward slash dpmuk to join our online community. Derek Prince, teaching you can trust.